The Giant. Thinkers. Giant Thinkers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hey, Giants, Ram here. Welcome to episode number 92. I've really enjoyed releasing these weekly solo episodes throughout this January 2022 in the hope of providing some practical, strategic direction and actionable tactics. You know, the start of any year can sometimes be super overwhelming, especially with the expectations we set on ourselves. And one way to manage this is to zoom out with a far broader perspective than our current viewpoint, which is why this particular episode is so special to me. I'll be sharing about how to use creativity as a tool to make massive impact. Now, before we begin, super quick, I invite you to follow me on my Instagram if we haven't connected there already. My handle is the giant thinker. I share daily posts and stories on helping decision makers, business owners, and leaders get unstuck lightning fast through human-centered design methodologies, creative strategies, digital marketing, and branding. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Once again, you can find me on that handle, The Giant Thinker. Alrighty, let's begin. We have the creative power collectively to change the entire world. Now, I know that might seem like a very big call, but I truly believe we really do. And we know this because it's already happening. Now, the problem is that most of us, including myself, often put too much focus on the entire world as opposed to their world. And what I mean by them, well, they being the demographic network with which we are able to serve with credibility, with honesty and integrity. And this, of course, includes our target audience, our customer, our neighbor, our tribe. However, I believe we can do much more as individuals and as a creative community. And by the way, I believe we're all creative in many different ways. If we focus on solving micro needs, take small steps in the right direction, not waiting for perfection, and deliver from a place of service, I truly believe we can make positive impact, make positive change happen faster and at larger scales. So during this segment, I'll be showing and showcasing people who are leveraging their creative identities guided by their creative consciousness and fueled by collaboration to make more meaningful change around them with money following as a result. Many of you might have heard me say before, don't aim to make a million dollars, aim to help a million people. And the irony is that the money does come. So um, let's kick off with... um, with, with money here. Um, when we look at how money first started, 
history actually tells us that it was introduced as a means to make more efficient transactions to replace barter or bartering. And trading with the currencies of goats and sheep worked well back in 9000 BC, but you can only imagine the compl- complications you'll have with that you know, going to the shopping center, um, especially during sales, just to buy some socks and underwear. Now, interestingly, what predates and overshadows the existence of money is this thing called debt. I was fascinated by this book called Debt uh, by anthropologist uh, David Graeber. He published this wonderful book um, called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. And it explores the historical relationship of debt with social institutions such as marriage, friendship, slavery, religion, war, and government, the very fabric of human life in society. And a very interesting and major argument of the book is that when debts are mathematically measured and firmly enforced, widespread impoverishment and violence are common results. So debt is likely the oldest means of trade with cash being a later development. And now we're even seeing uh, blockchain currency. So it's imperative that this is brought to light. Why? Well, in order to fully understand the context of human needs um, and in order for us to explore the impact of giving, we in turn appreciate it as a valid currency other than money. So let me give some examples here so this can be tangible for everyone. With Uber, we're really, of course, buying time. Transportation on your terms. Of course, anywhere, anytime, it comes to you. With Airbnb, what we're really buying is a sense of belonging and an authentic local experience. In fact, they're their uh, mission and vision is we imagine a world where people can belong anywhere. That's powerful. With Netflix, we're really buying no strings attached entertainment. And with Spotify, we're really buying hassle-free music access. Again, all on our terms. And so to play with the thought of being useful even further, I just want you to immerse yourself. I invite you to immerse yourself in this very important question. What would it look like, sound like, and feel like if you were 100% focused on creating something that could help millions of people without considering the perceived requirement of money to bring that idea to life? You see, a lot of us don't even take a shot. And so to entertain this, even for one second, Let me ask you, are your ideas greater than what they were prior to the logistical barriers that often arise, that often kill possibility before it even truly begins? Are your ideas to help people magnified when we remove the thought, I don't have the money to do that? We've all experienced this, even at a small scale. The space between what is and what could be lies in this very thought. What would it look like, sound like, and feel like? We know how powerful this thought can be if we back ourselves first. We've got to give ourselves more chances to win. So bringing back 
Airbnb and Spotify examples as examples, for example, okay? Some of you may know this. In 2007, designers Brian Chesky, Joe Gebbia, they couldn't afford the rent on their San Fran apartment. And so to make ends meet, they decided to turn their loft into a lodging space. But as Gebbia explains, we didn't want to post on Craigslist. So our instinct said, build your own site. And so we did. That's what he said. There was a design conference coming to town and hotel space was limited. And so they set up a simple website with pictures complete with three air mattresses and the promise of a home-cooked breakfast in the morning. And this site got them their first three renters, each one paying $80. After that first weekend, they started getting emails from people asking when the site would be available for destinations like Buenos Aires, London, and Japan. As they were starting out in the summer of 2008, the founders needed a way to raise money. And guess what they did? They bought a ton of cereal and they designed special edition election-themed boxes, Obama O's and Cap'n McCain's, and they sold these at convention parties for $40 a box. They sold 1,000 boxes, helping them raise around $30,000 in profit. Okay, let's look at Spotify. Now, even if you've got the initial funding of your idea, it doesn't mean smooth sailing. So Spotify for me comes to mind. They developed in 2006 and launched in 2008. It was a very rocky start. I don't know if people know this. Spotify should say this more often because they actually announced a first year loss of $4.4 million. In 2009, a security breach resulted in subscriber emails becoming exposed. In 2010, the antiviral software Symantec identified Spotify as a Trojan horse. Okay, so despite all these stumbles, Spotify grew very quickly from 10 million users to 20 million users by 2012. We only lose when we give up. So I'll dive into this other point here about having money versus being wealthy. Now, most of us in this room I believe we're all creatives, so as creatives, I have no doubt. You all understand the difference between having money and being wealthy. We experience richness in many forms that money can never buy, right? For example, being generous with one's time, quality relationships, knowledge, and laughter are a few of those currencies without financial measure. Now, I once believed that having more money would provide me the ability to be more because I didn't have it and I'd come from the Philippines and this was due to that cultural heritage as a Filipino my parents who grew up in that third world country but it's only really been in the last decade or so that I reframed my thinking that the truth is actually the other way around that being more is the catalyst for having more and this realization was manifested through a series of events, which I'll share to you shortly. But all of us here in this room right now face two challenges when diving into this topic. And, and again, I'll bring back that point around don't aim to make a million dollars, aim to help a million people. These challenges, I feel, are expressed in two questions. The first is, 
What role does creativity play in society today? Or in the world and the proximity and the spaces and places that you're operating in? Okay, what role does creativity play in your space today? And the second question is, what does society actually need? Now, these two questions, they aren't that easy to answer since the answer is constantly changing. You know, we've got social norms evolving faster than ever. You know, these phones that we carry all over, you can't separate us from them. They're shrinking the world we live in. It's opened the floodgates to open source content, cloud-based computing, real-time broadcasting, immediate interaction. Look at us now. Data collection, Domino's pizza without leaving the couch, right? The list goes on. And it's funny to think that this device that we crush candy with has greater computational technology than what NASA had sending two astronauts on the moon almost 50 years ago. Now, although we're playing with new rules of distributing our creative value as we fight for time and intention in this always connected world, I mean, for crying out loud, competing against kitten videos and hashtag best coffee ever pictures in our feed and spam emails from the soon-to-be prince of Nigeria, desperately needing a, a trustworthy recipient to hold his five million bucks, the fundamental truth still applies. And it's this, that our creativity needs to be agile, it needs to be relevant, and it needs to be useful in both context and content. Now, I'm certain everyone here in this room right now believes that they are a bridge between creativity and all the other industries it influences. Now, this means that together, creative people are a driving force that will continue to guide the behavior of the entire world. And in my exposure to thousands of creatively diverse people, all of you, I've come to learn that what motivates us are, are four key areas. The first is a sense of community. The second is information, this continuous cultivation of information. Knowledge is power, right? The third is purpose, increasing our understanding of purpose. And the fourth is earning respect. Now, that's community, information, purpose, and respect. Now, the first two, community and information, they're easily accessible. Social media, of course, it's the enabler for a sense of community. And the internet has allowed us this evergreen information. And, and, and then there's, this, there's, there's rooms like this, this, this uh, ability to contribute and, and accommodate for the other two, right? Purpose and respect, all powerful motivators that deliver creative fulfillment. But if we look another layer deep, one question I've been asking my entire professional career is this, what is, what is it really that can sustain our purpose as creative people? That's a big question. What is it that can sustain our purpose? as creative people. And the answer that I've kept coming back to is this. Giants, I hope you're enjoying this special solo episode this far. I wanted to pop in briefly at the halfway point here to put a spotlight on a platform that I've come to love since its inception. 
As you know, I imagine a world with more generous leaders and courageous problem solvers. And that's why I'm so passionate about design thinking, especially helping design better businesses and helping creative entrepreneurs. And one of the platforms to help us achieve this is an all-in-one web dev platform specifically for businesses, entrepreneurs, and creatives to achieve your vision. It's with Wix. I invite you to take your business online with Wix as they're the leading website creation platform that's got all the tools you need to create, manage, and grow your brand. Whether you're starting your online business or you've got a side hustle, you can design a site to showcase your brand that'll look great on any device. Join over 200 million people already using Wix's wide range of solutions to enhance their businesses like ultra-smart SEO tools designed to get you found on search engines, faster loading times to create outstanding user experiences, and payment solutions to help you boost your revenue. Plus, with enterprise-grade security built into every site, you know you're in safe hands. You can manage everything from one dashboard on desktop and mobile, so you can be available anywhere at any time, in the office, at home, or on the go. I encourage you to take a look for yourself, take it from me, have a peek if you haven't already, or you might have a while back and consider revisiting. I'm quietly confident you'll be pleasantly surprised. Head over to wix.com and create your website today. That's wix.com and grab a website you're truly proud of and one that delivers the outcomes you actually need. Once again, that's wix.com. Let's now head back to this episode. And the answer that I've kept coming back to is this. What can sustain our purpose as creative people is putting meaningful conversation and storytelling at the heart of everything we do. So this translates and transcends to a heightened experience of human connection, something we can all attest to. And it's felt deepest when the fusion of empathy, trust, and love is present. Now, the reason why I brought up the inception of money at the beginning is because for previous generations, creativity has never been about making a million dollars. It's never been the primary objective of why creativity exists. The money has been a commercialized result of meaningful conversation and storytelling whether it be to surprise and delight, to entertain, to disrupt, or to bring awareness. It's hugely important to remind ourselves of our why. This why is the deep-rooted reason of our creative voice. I love this very popular quote by Steve Jobs. He said that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Now, I love this because when we reflect, that's what it's about, right? And we're coming to the end of 2021. When we reflect on that, connecting the dots and aim to make our creative footprint seen, heard, felt, it's clear that as tempting as it is to be led by the dollars, we must remind ourselves that our responsibility is to focus on generating ideas and innovations that help. Now, granted, again, the irony is the money does come 
when we put people first. We have governments who are now focused a bit more on innovation and creativity as the future. And I was thinking about this, my journey initially as a formally trained graphic designer, actually. Uh, it's evolved as well. The path I've pursued has left me to think differently about my career. You know, I'd, I'll share you a few stories uh, so far. I mean, my, my, my parents, as I said, the, you know, born in the Philippines. Mum is uh, one of five. Dad is one of 11. Growing up for them was tough. Tablespoon of peanut butter, a piece of bread, sometimes all they had for the day. They relied on education as a way out. They worked every minute. They, they studied to make ends meet. My grandfather on my dad's side, he passed away when my dad was only three years old. And so they had to leverage education and hard work. And so when we migrated to Sydney, you know, I was only eight months. I'm in the middle of three. And we were a low to middle class family. And this scarcity mindset was culturally passed down to me as a kid, for sure. I do, however, believe that it allowed me to be more appreciative and grateful for basic necessities. And I actually define creativity as this. Making unconventional connections. And see, we are exposed to a whole bunch of different mixed bag of stuff through our lived experiences. And so I really want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, continuing on, right? Like I, at 14, nine months, you can work here uh, in Australia. I got my first job at Woolworths, which is a, a grocery store. And then I worked at Kmart and then I bartended. And, and just like my folks, I relied on scholarships. I, I was fortunate enough to be offered one. And so I started, I got into design and I took my first job in the mailroom at Ogilvy. You know, five years into my career, I actually started a social network called Amigo. Most people don't know this. And it was my first startup that failed. I lost 10K. For, for me back then, that was, a, that was a lot of money. Still is, right, for a lot of people. But I wasn't focusing on people. I was focusing on profit. You know, fast track to now. As I mentioned, I've been in, through the large agency land for 16 years. I've worked for the McDonald's. I, I, I designed their touchscreen experience, which are now personal, uh, permanent in, installations. Uh, I've worked on Google and Audi, Louis Vuitton, Amex. And, and it really ties into putting customers and people at the heart of everything. What excites me now is Giant Thinkers, and I've been able to really help uh, entrepreneurs and creatives and designers uh, navigate their way. And, and so I really want everyone to understand that, that it is very important that you are sitting on equity that is unique to you. You know, it's been said by so many entrepreneurs, scratch your own itch. All of these milestones that I was able to achieve have been through scratching my own itch. And a common self-sabotaging thought we may tell ourselves, oh, it's all been done before. Whenever this entered my mind, I told myself, even though it may seem like it's all been done before, it hasn't been done by you. So a practical tip I would suggest is that when you've found a specific need, don't hold back. Go all in on a small scale. Start with the perfect experience and reverse engineer that experience. One of the, the tools that I use when we think about 
how do we influence people and build authority? It's by Seth Godin. It's very simple. It's, it's this cycle of attention and trust. So imagine that in a secular roundabout way. The more attention we have, the more trust we build. The more trust we build, the more attention we have. And at the heart for this to even occur is generosity. So this deeply resonated with me. I'm sure it does for you as well. Because the quote I've had on my wall for years is, lead with generosity and follow with care. And it is for me the focus on guiding all my decisions and endeavors. So what if we put people over profit is the point here. You know, one of the quotes that I'd like to read is from a book called Dale Partridge. Uh, Dale's a friend of mine, and he said that every day you have a choice to be honest or deceptive. If you commit to telling the truth, you you will win. You will win more trust. You will win more business, and you will win more peace of mind. You'll break the system and be even more successful. You know, speaking of books, I've done two global speaking tours, spoken at seven events around the world, and 95% of, of questions that I get are around, how did you start your book? And then a lot of people say, how are your book sales going? <laughs> Rather than what success stories can you share from the readers? You see, this response is a big part of why I was really inspired to, to speak about this topic because I'll now change the gears and, and, and mention some of these that have come to life. Uh, there's an a Aussie guy here with a pretty epic beard. His name's uh, Scott Mags. is uh, known as Jimmy Niggles. And he started this thing called Beard Season and he encourages people to grow beards as a life-saving conversation starter for getting a skin check. So uh, in turn, that conversation could save a life. Um, His friend passed away from skin cancer and he was wanting a way to raise awareness. So again, going back to this unconventional, making of unconventional connections. (laughs) If you Google his beard, Google Jimmy Niggles and he's everywhere. There's another one that I'd I'd like to share, which is a a gentleman named Saxton, uh, sorry, Saxon Wright. Uh, He's Aussie guy as well, and and he's the founder of Husky Cup. It's this reusable ceramic alternative that's made from discarded coffee cup, coffee husks, right? A coffee cup made from coffee husks. And it's that layer uh, outside the coffee bean. So you have the fruit, you've got the skin, then you've got the husk, and then you've got the bean. So in Australia alone, mind you, Australia only has 25 million people, but Australia throws away 50,000 takeaway cups, uh, coffee cups, every hour, every half hour. That's 2.7 million a day, 1 billion every year. Now that's just the, the, the small population we have here in Australia. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's a, an even higher um, churn in, in the US and, and UK. And he said, uh, this, this guy who made Husky Cup, he said, we wanted to create a cl- and, and close the loop. Uh, he said that we thought that if we could use waste from farming to create a cup, we could solve problems both at the cafe and at the farm level. Because 1.35 million tons of husk waste is generated globally, and the average coffee drinker contributes about three kilos of husk waste every year. And so this was born out of using waste 
as the thing that you actually use and consume the thing of. Um, and so, you know, if you even look at the, the, you know, Sydney alone, it's 100 million takeaway cups end up in landfill every year. And each one takes about 50 years to decompose. I also want to make mention to uh, this woman who's incredibly inspiring. She's Veronica Scott. She's a CEO and founder of the Empowerment Plan. It's a Detroit-based nonprofit that hires previously homeless women to make sleeping bag coats, so sleeping bags that turn into coats and coats that turn into sleeping bags for homeless people. So she hires the homeless to make the very thing that they need and pays them and it breaks the cycle. I mean, I'll give you one other example before I uh, wrap up here. Uh, check out Water is Life. It's a, it, it, it's Water is Life, okay? It's, it's a printed book that has engineered filter paper and one sheet can supply clean drinking water for an entire community for months. It's like a drinkable book. It, it turns dirty water clean uh, and these pages are built in with silver nanoparticles and they filter out sludge from water and they actually kill bacteria. A group of researchers from the US in collaboration with, with some others uh, designed this book with these silver nanoparticles embedded in these pages. And um, one book can potentially filter out 100 liters of drinking water. And it provides a cheap, sustainable solution for communities suffering with severe sanitation problems. You know, there are these waterborne diseases, typhoid, diarrheal illness that actually and I've just, you know, really, when I investigated this, it was, it kills 1.5 million people a year globally. Poor sanitation of inadequate treatment facilities. They're a primary uh, reason. Um, inadequate hygiene practices, they lead to these, to the growth of these harmful um, organisms in water, such as E. coli. There's a wonderful video. So check it out. Water is life. So Look, it's clear that our creative value can extend as a facilitator, an entertainer, a business owner, a motivator, an inventor, a mentor, and many other roles. And the further we go down our own truth barrel, the more impact we make, the more people we help. I'll say that again. We have to go down our own truth barrel to make more impact, to help more people. I've found that our ideas, they don't need to be different either to make a difference. I think we sometimes put so much pressure on ourselves to make it so unique and different. They just have to resonate with the people we're meant to serve. Now, before I conclude, I'd, I'd like to share just one quick story. You know, I was, um, I was speaking at a high school in... Um, in, in Holland, West Michigan, and it was a bunch of high schoolers. And then I spoke at Herman Miller, which is where they're based, also in Holland, Michigan. And when I spoke at Herman Miller, the there was these two uh, mum and dad. There were there were a couple. They worked there. They came up to me and said, "Ram, you spoke to uh, Holland High School yesterday." And I was like, uh-oh, am I in trouble? Did I say something bad? <laughs> and uh, the mum was getting teary. And she said, you spoke to our daughter. 
and she was in there and she goes to that school. You spoke to her about creativity and design and she came home excited, happy, changed. For the last year, she's been really like in a dark place and she really wasn't excited about anything. And we just wanted to thank you for, for that because she found something that she's actually passionate about. So in this beautiful festive season and this time of year, as we close off uh, coming to the end, right, of 2021, I believe we're in a midst of creative euphoria. I believe we all have creative currency that's just bursting out. And we have this rare opportunity during this festive season to stop, to pause and to reflect for however many days you can from the madness of the world. And we have this rare opportunity to collaborate our unique gifts, to pay it forward by serving others. Uh, I'm honored and grateful to be among so many champions. And um, most of all, I'm excited to see the uh, creative contribution that's to come. Uh, So it's now up to us to respond to this question, which is what kind of world do we want to design? Thank you for listening, Giants. As always, I'm truly so grateful that you've spent this time hanging out with me and hopefully absorbing something nourishing for you to use right away. If you are enjoying this podcast, uh, one massive way that helps keep it going is leaving an iTunes review. If you head to giantthinkers.com slash podcast review, it'll take you straight to it. I read and appreciate every single one And it really does help get the show in front of more people who may need these stories and insights from myself and the world-class guests that I'm able to interview. There's now a few months break before the next season begins towards the second half of this year, 2022. I invite you to subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app if you haven't already. uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts and you'll be notified as soon as I resume in a few months' time. For any questions regarding the podcast or anything at all, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. So send me a message via my handle, the giant thinker. I'd love to chat, hear your thoughts, and you know get to know the listeners as well. So definitely uh, hit me up on the DMs, the giant thinker. Until the next episode, stay well, stay safe, everyone, and uh, be kind to each other, of course. And I look forward to bringing out the lineup, which is going to be an absolute cracker for the next season. 